evening, everybody. Good evening, everybody. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. As always say, when I have opportunity to be in this platform, for me it's not, uh, never is natural, never is uh, a simple task for me. I never take for granted. Uh, tomorrow, I don't know by coincidence or not, is an anniversary of my first coming to London back in 2003. 20 years ago, I remember in June 2003, uh, the, the chairs in the church, in this church was red. And Fabiana and Marianne, my, my, my oldest daughter, was two and a half more or less. And we spent all our days over there. We had five services. And then since then, I, I'm in love for this church, the way I was received here, the way I was loved here, uh, the way God has done amazing, amazing things in my life in this place. Amen? So I love this church. For me, it's always a pleasure and an honor to be here. And I hope the Holy Spirit has a powerful message for you tonight. Uh, just for you to have an idea how big was the, the work of God through these 20 years. When I came here the first time, I had no bad English. I had no English. So it wasn't a bad English. Bad English when you have some English and then the English is not good. So it was almost no English at all. Uh, the offices in that time wasn't in Summit House. It was Monarch House in North Acton. And there was a pastor over there, Brazil, a Brazilian pastor, Williams Barbosa. He's one of the craziest guy I, I ever know in the, in the Christian life. So I, I had to find some address, and he told me, you know, Marcelo, you need to start to do the things by yourself in the first week. Uh, you need to take the London underground, and, but I don't know how to buy a ticket, my friend. No, don't worry, I, I will write down for you. You go to the ticket office in the, the, the tube station and say, can I have one week travel card, zone one to three, please. Then, okay, this just it, yes. One week travel card, zone one to three, that's fine. So I came to the ticket office, and I say to the, the ticket officer, can I have a one week travel card, zone one, zone one to three, please? And the guy told me, start today or tomorrow. And then, uh, can I have one week travel card, <laughs> zone one to three? And the guy again, it starts today or tomorrow. Sir, can I have, because this, this start today or tomorrow killed me. And the guy realized. Then he told me, okay, okay. Today, now, or tomorrow? Ah, oh, no, 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 please. So, so, hallelujah. God has done amazing things, and uh, I love this church. I'm still improving. I'm still getting my, I'm a pastor of a Brazilian Portuguese church normally. But, uh, <clears throat> sorry, I have a message to, to, to give to you today. Tonight we're starting, not by coincidence, because God knows everything. Today we're starting a series of the church in Revelation, the letters to the church in Revelation. So the first church today is Ephesus. So open your heart. One thing that the seven letters in Revelation has in common uh, all of them finish with the sentence, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the church. Amen? So before I start, I'd like to ask you, close your eyes and say to the Holy Spirit, please, Holy Spirit, speak to me, whatever you want to say to me. I want to have ears to hear. I don't want to be with my body here and my mind in another place. 
Speak to us, Holy Spirit. I, I ask you, use me as your will. I cannot rely on my ability. I rely totally on you, Lord. Do what is in your heart to do this night. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So I, when I was reading Ephesus chapter 2, verse 1 to 7, when the word of God says about the letter to the church in Ephesus, I was to think, I was, I started to thinking in terms of uh, what was happening with John, the apostle, when he received the message to send to the church. And then very interesting, if you open your Bible with me in Revelation chapter 1, verse 10, first, on the Lord's day, I was in the spirit, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. On the day of the Lord, I was in the spirit. Very interesting. I don't know if you know that, but John wasn't in Patmos, in the island of Patmos, in a, as doing a holiday. He was on a cruise, knowing the Greek island. He, he was exiled because of the persecution that was happening that time. He was 95, 95 years old. So can you imagine a guy, 95, 95 years old, exiled thousands of miles from where he was from, and there, even as an old man, exiled, persecuted, he was open to hear what, the God, what God has to speak with him. So doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter what you are going through, God always has something to reveal to you. Amen? Sometimes we're getting old. I'm not very old, I'm kind of in the middle of the way or a little bit more, 52. But uh, you know, even if I'm not very old, my mileage, it is, <laughs> it is a lot. So I'm a, I'm a Christian for 30 years, so I know a lot of things. I have seen a lot of things. And I don't want to get in a place where I'm familiarized with the liturgy, familiarized with the worship, the prayers, how the things happen in the church, and, but somehow my heart is not connected with the Holy Spirit. So my prayer tonight, my friends, that uh, our heart can be connected with what the Holy Spirit wants to say to us tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. John could be in that island, bitter, resentful, offended. John could be in that place full of um, bad emotions, I used to be, you know who I am? I used to be the beloved disciple of Jesus. You know, I used to be one of the, the closest disciples of Jesus. He could be a guy who was living the past, close to what God was doing that time. So we need to be very careful. When you are in the church for a long time, when you see things, when you feel things, because sometimes we think we know everything, but I know you one thing. God can surprise you. God can surprise me. God surprised John because John was night, night five. Maybe he could think, oh, the best part of my life is behind me. 
but God was about to give to him the revelation of the book of Revelation. God has powerful things to reveal for me to you, but my heart needs to be open. I need to be in the spirit. And you say, oh, of course I'm in the spirit. I, what a, of course, my friend, please understand. It's not right like this in the Bible just for the sake of right. No, it is right like this because that's, that is something. I was in the spirit in the day of the Lord. Sometimes we can be in the church, but not in the spirit. Sometimes we can be very busy in the church, but not in the spirit. Sometimes we can know the Bible. We can know a lot of things, but not in the spirit. We can be behind of a appearance, a religiosity, or whatever. But many times the Holy Spirit won't speak to us, but we are closed because we are full of ourselves. So tonight I ask you in the name of Jesus Christ, open your heart for the things that God wants to do in you and through you in the name of Jesus Christ. I don't know how many of you love this church. I love this church. I received a lot of this church. I, I, I don't know how many. I was here in the morning. I was so blessed, Pastor Harold. I was so blessed to be here and receiving blessed. But God don't want just to bless you. God wants to make you a blessing for this house, for other people in the name of Jesus Christ. So don't live in the past. If you God has done a lot of things through your life, hallelujah. But we are in a season that God wants to do more things. God wants to reveal more things in your life. The problem of living in the past is we are so full of our past that we cannot realize what God is doing right now. I love a passage, Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19. I love that passage. In the passage of God, in the Bible says, don't live in the past. Don't live in the past. I'm doing something new. Don't you realize it? I'm doing something new right now. I, I, I have things, new things, fresh things to do in your life. But if you live in the past, you cannot realize what God is doing today in your life in the name of Jesus Christ. Open your eyes, open your heart, as Jesus said through John in Revelation 2, verse 7, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the church. And then let's read some verse in Revelation chapter 2. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, these are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven gold lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate weak people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Yet, I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things that you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practice of Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Whoever has here, let them hear. What the Spirit says to the church.
To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. So, first of all, Jesus praised that church. And I think this church, there's a lot of similarities. The Ephesus church with KT, mainly in this verse too. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. This church is a church of hard workers. Can you say amen for this? Hard workers. Praise the Lord. I think every church. My church is smaller than this, of course, and that we have a lot of hard workers over there. But this church, I have profound admiration for the people of this church, for the leadership of this church. Hard worker people. The perseverance through the years, through the years, praying, through the years, serving, good times, bad times, when the things make sense, when nothing makes sense, we are there, you are there, serving the Lord. Praise the Lord for your life. Hallelujah. I know that you cannot tolerate weak people. This church is so serious. We are not perfect. Of course we are not perfect. But one thing I can say about this church, how serious the word of God is preached in this place. I can't remember a single time through the years in different preachers, a single time, listen something from this platform that wasn't pure Bible, pure word of God, serious people with the word of God, serious people in terms of hard work. You are here. They were here in the morning, tomorrow, 9 o'clock. People be there working in a summit house. Hard work, people. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord for the people of this church. I love you so much, guys. You have tested those who claim to be apostles, but are not, and you have found them false. You have persevered, and you have endured hardships for my name, and, I ha and have not grown weary. What's good is good. Jesus said to that church in Ephesus, well done, guys. You're hard workers. You're persevering. Well done. But God doesn't say just what we want to hear. He says what we need to hear. You know, because he's our father. And a good father doesn't say to the son what just the son wants to hear. Sometimes the father needs to sit down. Son, I have to have a serious conversation with you. And Jesus said in verse 4, Yet, congratulations for everything is good, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. In some translations say, you had forsaken your first love. Friends, uh, I'm a Christian for 30 years. I'm serving the Lord for over 26. If you ask me what's the biggest challenge in my life is to protect my heart. If you ask me what's the biggest challenge in my Christian life, it's to protect my heart. Proverbs 4, 23, very well known. Above all else, guard your heart, protect your heart. Because from your heart flows everything in your life. If the enemy is able to contaminate your heart, you are done. You can sing beautifully. You can, see, you can be the best preacher in the church you can be very serious in the things of God, but God is always looking to our heart. 
It's amazing when we read 1 Samuel chapter 16, 16, when God chose David. When Samuel was thinking that was another son of Jesse, and God said to, 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 to Samuel, Hey Samuel, it's not them. I didn't choose these guys. They are mighty men of God, but I didn't choose them. The men see the outside, but I see the heart. So it is good when someone judges us and you say, God knows my heart. Don't judge me. God knows my heart. That's good, but sometimes not good because you can pretend that you're very spiritual and God looks to you and says to you, I know your heart. And now, so it's good when someone is judging you. It's good when someone is being unfair with you. God knows my heart. But when you are very religious, because it's very easy today to pretend to be one thing that you are not. We are living in a season of social media that we have, we have filter for everything. Even ugly people can become beautiful people and, you know, so it is this. I'm, I'm looking to nobody, I'm looking to the, you know. We are living in a season that people are easily deceived. Very easily. Nice talk. Nice conversation. Three jumps. Four shakes. Ten hallelujahs. Glory, glory, glory. Oh, the guy is on fire. But I tell you, God knows our heart. Amen? Amen. So it is serious stuff. It is very serious. You can know this word very well. You can be an expert of revelation. I don't know how many times I read, I preach about the Ephesus church. But every time I read, I ask God, God, have mercy of me. I don't want you to be a cynical in the church. I don't want you to be a pretender, a performer. I don't want you to be someone who has, he looks like, but he's not. I want to be a person that you look to my heart. And at least I'm struggling. I'm doing my best to be whoever you called me to be. So this church, so beautiful church, hard work church, received this kind of very strong warning from Jesus. I have something against you. You forsake the love you had at first. The verse 5, consider how far you have fallen. Where was the place where you took your eyes from Jesus and started to look more to men than to Jesus? Where was this place? You, you used to be in love with Jesus. Now you are not worshiping the Lord because you are like a, a radar in the church. Look everything. Observing everything. You looked what? I know this guy. I know that guy. This guy, I know him very well. Bitter people. Religious people. I have seen this kind of people all my life. I remember I was, I was a new believer back in 1994. And there was a guy, he was a deacon in the church. And the guy, he, he had some aspirations. I think he was a little bit frustrated. And that time I was... My, my ministry was 
organizing the chair, the canteen. I used to cook something for the church. And everything, whatever the church needs, I was the one. I do this. And one day he looks to me. You know Marcelinho. Marcelinho means literal Marcel. You know Marcelinho. You are in the first love. But when you see the things I have seen, when you know the things that I know, I don't think you'll be the same. And inside myself, because he was older and I want, I, I want to be respectful, I rebuke his mouth. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. I don't want to be like you. I don't want to be like you. I, in the name of Jesus, I, I, I don't want to be like him. I don't want, because that guy was a performer. When the, when the pastor, and the main pastor was in the church, he was the more active person in the church. He was very busy. If the pastor was in the church, he just disappeared. And I was thinking, oh, this guy is serving. He's serving the pastor, he's serving the Lord. I'm serving the Lord. There is a pastor that I love as well. I love all the Bible, my friends. But there is a pastor that I, I, I love with all my heart. It is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. The word of God says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. This word is for you, amen? This word is for me and for you. Sorry, but I... Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Your labor in the Lord. If your labor is to promote yourself, if your labor is to get applause for men, you will be in trouble soon or late. But if whatever you do, you do for God, you do to glorify Him, doesn't matter what's happened. I know why I'm doing what I am doing. It's for Him. He is worth. He is worth of my praise, of my life. So keep firm in the name of Jesus Christ. So consider how far you have fallen. Then repent. Repent. Change. Metanoia. Change your mind. Change your feelings. Change the way you were doing things. You know, sometimes we are so full of self-pity. I've been in this place. I, the last time I came here, I gave my testimony. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you know? So I was full of self-pity. I used to look in the mirror and start to cry, look to myself. You were a good guy. You don't deserve this kind of thing. <laughs> you know, ridiculous. Self-pitch. Because in my heart, everybody was wrong and I'm all right. I'm all right. And the, if the Lord said to us, repent, repent. Yeah. If you don't know what to repent, ask the Holy Spirit. He's going to show you what you have to repent. Maybe you rely too much in men. You rely too much in the, your leader. And you need to rely on Jesus. Yeah. Of course, my friends, pastors, leaders, we have a big responsibility. I'm not uh, trying to say I know I'm not responsible. I am. We are. Pastors are. Leaders are. But we fail. Even we, when we try to do right, we do wrong. I don't know if you discover. It, it is funny when you see. Another day, a guy wrote for me a letter. 
Oh, I'd like to say I'm forgiving you because this and... And I discovered the guy was mad with me for two years for, the, for a thing that I never knew I, 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 I did for him. In two years. And the guy was holding something in his heart. And for me, it was nothing. But for him, it was. You know, it's not the case to explain to you. What's but someone was mad with me for two years. He moved this country. He's living in another country. And he wrote a long letter. You know, you used to offend me, blah, 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 blah. But I release forgiveness for your life. Hallelujah. Thank you, brother. <laughs> you know, I didn't know. Sometimes people do bad things without knowing. If your life is too much connected with uh, how other people treat you, you are in trouble. You are a snowflake. A snowflake is very sensitive. Oh, I say hi. Nobody says hi to me. There is no love in this church. Uh, if you come and say hi, nobody say hi to you. Maybe you need to ask Pastor Claudette and Scott how I get in the welcome team because I want to serve in this ministry in the name of Jesus. Don't be offended. Repent. I remember a couple of years ago, many years ago, I read a book from the pastor, John Bever. If I'm not wrong, the, the name of the book was The Baits of Satan. The Bait of Satan. Wow. I tell you, if you never read this book, you struggle with offense, read this book. It's like the enemy can destroy your life if you don't clean your heart. If you hold offense, if you hold bitterness, your spiritual life is done. You can pretend that is everything all right, but God knows your heart for good and for bad. <laughs> God knows your heart. So buy this book, The Bait of Satan, John Bever, 10, 11 pounds. I don't know if you have in the bookshop. We have in the bookshop. Buy it because it's going to help you a lot. Repent, release, forgive in the name of Jesus Christ. Repent and do the things. You did at first. Friends, I'm about to finish. I cannot understand why people say, God spoke to me to come to this church. God spoke to me to join some ministry. Yeah, oh, hallelujah. Welcome. Speak with the leader. Find your way to serve in this place. And then, and people think that they are not treated in a way they should be treated. The same God who said, come to the church, I'm feeling that my time here is over. Sometimes not the Holy Spirit saying to you that your time here is over. Sometimes you're offended. Sometimes you feel like so good for people to let you down like that. So sometimes, sometimes God's testing you. If you are a strong person, if you are, and if you move church because of your feelings, get ready for one thing, your life it's going to be moving church because every time the enemy will find the same thing to make you to move church again. So just move a church if you have very clear instruction from the Holy Spirit for your life in the name of Jesus Christ. If you do not, and then Jesus said to the church, if you do not repent, there is consequence. If you do not repent, if you do not forgive, if you do not go back to the original plan that God has for you, there is consequence.
And the consequence is here, verse 5. If you, not, if you do not repent, I will come to you and move your lampstand from its place. What is the meaning of this? Move your lampstand. What's the purpose of a lampstand? It's to bring light. If God is saying, I will move you, it's saying, your purpose, the destiny I have for you, will be compromised. So, in the name of Jesus Christ, whoever who has heard, hear what the Holy Spirit say to you tonight, God starts something in your life, and the work He starts, He will finish in the name of Jesus Christ. God has something powerful to reveal to you. I don't know if you believe it. I believe that, my friends. In the spirit, I believe. In the flesh, I don't believe. In the flesh, I'm tired. In the flesh, I look, oh, oh here we go. But in the spirit, I'm excited. In the spirit, I'm thinking, wow, what God is going to do in this season. And I want to be part of this. And if I want to forgive, Lord, as I need to, for, as I need to forgive, to be forgiven, I want to forgive. Amen. I want to clean my heart. Help me to go back to the first love. In the name of Jesus Christ, help me, Lord. I'm finishing, friends. Amen. 